Hello and welcome to Bereaved Motherhood and All It Entails. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about handling Christmas after losing your child. So, December has arrived. It is officially the Christmas season. For some of you, maybe yourself or your family, your friends kind of start Christmas on November 1st, but others of you may wait till after Thanksgiving. So regardless, we are officially in Christmas season. And with that comes a lot of feelings, a lot of emotions, probably a lot of stress and anxiety as you face Christmas without your beloved child here. So everything that you had imagined and pictured for this holiday season looks so different than the reality that you find yourself in. And that can be really, really overwhelming and really hard. I mean, there is, I don't think there's anything that's harder than when you have these pictures and these memories and these ideas of what something is going to look like. And then all of a sudden, the absolute reverse of that happens where it's just a complete and total, totally different universe you're finding yourself in. I know personally that the Christmas season was really, really hard um, the first year after I lost my son. And every year since, it's still very bittersweet. Um, I have honestly can say I have found that I can love Christmas and love the holiday season and fully enjoy it once again, which I'm so thankful for. But at the same time, there's always that bitterness. There's there's always that sadness in my heart because it's not the way it should be. It's still not the way I pictured it three years down the road or four years down the road. This will be my son's fourth Christmas season, which is just honestly crazy to think. I I can't even believe it. It's like shocking to hear those words come out of my mouth. And again, it brings another sense of sadness. Like, man, we're already four Christmases removed from his passing. And you know, that's, that's a hard pill to swallow. So regardless of where you're at in your grief, um, this can be a hard time. And it's really, really important to be gentle with yourself, to give yourself that grace, to be kind, um, and to just go slowly throughout this season. You don't have to do the things that you had planned. Everything that you had planned to do with your child, you don't have to do that. You can do something totally, completely different. You have to do what's best for you. You know, you don't have to do things because, well, it's what we've always done, or it's what my living children really want to do, or it's what the family always does. You just have to take it day by day and for that day decide what can I do? What's best for me and my family, whether that's living children included, whether that's you and a partner, a spouse, whatever that looks like, what is best for us that we can do as a whole? Um, You know, if you have living kids and you're like, man, I want them to still have these experiences and get to do these things this holiday season, send them off with grandma or grandpa or their aunts or uncles. You know, if it's too much for you to do that with them and you know, that's okay. There's those compromises that can be made. Um, You know, maybe it's just not a good year for anyone and nobody's really in the mood. And again, that's totally fine, but you have to take care of yourself. You have to take care of your heart. 
And then don't take on all this responsibility. So maybe you were in charge of hosting Christmas or you were going to be doing a lot of the cooking for the Christmas dinner. It's totally okay to just back out of it and say, you know what, due to circumstances, I just can't do it this year. And, you know, your family, they should totally understand. They should be supportive and they should be, you know, eager to hop up and to accommodate you in in whatever ways they possibly can. And even if they aren't, you just have to stand your ground and, you know, give yourself that grace to just say no. Um, I think it's also important to just realize that Christmas, this Christmas season will never be the same and you're never going to be the same. And I think there's a lot of guilt and emotion that comes with that at first, realizing, man, you know, this is forever changed. This is forever altered. um, Maybe, you know, there's certain Christmas music that when you hear it, it just sends you into a spiral that it has completely new meaning. I know the song, I'll Be Home for Christmas, hit so different because I was like, man, I'll never, ever have my son home for Christmas. It's not like, oh, this year he won't be home, but you know, next year or in two years, like, no, I will never have him home for Christmas. And that song to this day, that's like, all I can think about is like, you know, it just comes to my mind, you know, it doesn't put me into hysterics or into, you know, sobs now, but it certainly did, you know, my first Christmas. And so there's songs that maybe you just listen to so that you can have the good cry and, you know, that's okay. And then maybe there's other times it's just like, nope, I just can't even listen to it because everything just takes on such a different meaning because you're not the same. Your perspective isn't the same. So the way you view things that maybe you've heard for all your life can just look and sound so different. And it just has such a different meaning now because of these circumstances you find yourself in. And I think realizing that, yeah, I'm not going to be the same. This season will never truly be the same. Like, yes, I may find enjoyment in it again, and it may even be a season I look forward to again, but it's still going to hit differently. And there's going to be that sting and that bitterness. And it's just, it's just going to look different than it did prior. And I think with this, it's just understanding that, you know, the person you were last Christmas, last holiday season, that person is gone. You're a new person. So, maybe you're going to make new traditions. Maybe your preferences are going to change and you just give yourself again that grace to know that, Hey, it's okay because I am a new me. This is my new normal. And so things are going to look a little different. And you know, it's okay if there's certain traditions that you just throw away and you never come back to and you're like, you know what, we're just going to do something different. Like I need a fresh start. And again, just having that grace with yourself to make those changes, whatever they are to help you and to help your family. It's also really, really important to make sure that you have help and you have support. This is such an emotional time of year. It's a time of year that is the most sentimental time of year, you know, the most, you know, family orientated, all these activities, very child centered time of year. Um, And so it's just important to have that help, whether it be physical, whether it be mental, just have that help, have that support to kind of help you just kind of crutch you through this season and through this time. You know, maybe having some friends or a sister, a sister-in-law, somebody that's close to you that can be like, hey, can you just like give me some, like, call me regularly, text me regularly, you know, just kind of send me some support, check in with me. Like, I need that accountability. I need to know that someone's there and just telling them, hey, I really need this from you so that 
they can succeed. You know, nobody can read your mind on how to best help you or support you. They don't just innately know. They may guess and some may guess correctly and say and some may guess incorrectly. But instead of risking, you know, being hurt, just having that communication and saying like, hey, this is how you can really help me and support me. I just need maybe daily te- check text for those, you know, check in reminders or whatever it looks like um, to just give you the support, the support that you need and to not have to be burdened with all the holiday things. You know, everybody else can kind of make it work without requiring on you. You know, you should be able to have the year off and only do what you want to or what you can do. And maybe it's nothing. And to just kind of, you know, be open about that so that other people can step up and take off, take, um, you know, possession of other responsibilities. So that's taken off your plate and you don't have to worry about it. So just having help in whatever way you need it and having that support to kind of carry you through and to get you through it, because this can be a really dark time. And then I think it's really important for us to keep our child's memory alive, you know, whether they lived for years or whether they lived for months or weeks or days or hours, or maybe they never took a breath, you know, outside the womb, they still are a person and to, and we still want to, you know, honor and respect their memory. And that's something I just see and hear again and again and again is, you know, I want their memory. I want them included. So kind of just be thinking like, okay, how do I want them included? Maybe you have a photo of them that you really like and you want to take that photo. And in all the family pictures that, th- that your child would be in, you use the photo. Maybe you have their urn. Maybe you have a combination of both, or you have that special teddy bear, um, blanket, whatever it is that you're including in the photos, just like if they were alive, you know, and you just kind of, again, in that kind of support section, you just tell people like, this is what I need to to help us. It's like, I need my child remembered. And it doesn't mean that Christmas has to revolve around your baby and, you know, that be the center of it. But, you know, I need their memory um, honored and kept alive. And so just like they would be in these photos, I want them to still be included in these photos the best way they possibly can be. So if there's a cousin picture, you know, you put your child's photo in it, you put their urn in it, you put their stuffed animal in it, you put whatever it is, you know, some of their memorabilia or their shadow box or whatever in those photos, you know, with the cousins and you just kind of can memorialize them in that way so that they're being included in all the festivities and all the pictures where it's like, yeah, see, there's my baby. You know, they're being remembered. It's not like they're being forgotten or pushed under the rug or like, well, no, we don't really want to do that. And again, I think if you have family that isn't willing to keep their memory alive, then then you need to have a serious, honest conversation with those people. And if those family members can just not accept it, you know, then that's when hard decisions have to be made and decisions that only you can make, you know, do you compromise and say, okay, well, I want to take some of my kids in it. And then if you want some without my child's memorabilia in it, then, you know, that's fine. Go ahead. Or maybe you're like, you know what, if my child isn't allowed to be included for whatever reason, because you're uncomfortable with it, because it makes you sad, because you don't like it. And, you know, that's going to be an issue then we're just not going to, you know, be doing Christmas together. And you just separate from there 
or, you know, I don't, I know that there's some families that are really messed up and really awful and horrible. And, you know, there probably just has to become a time in those situations where there's just, you know, a boundary set that's like either this happens or there's, you know, there's going to be consequences. You're not going to get us. And then you have to follow through on that boundary that you set so that they learn to respect you and respect your decisions. And then it puts them in the position of like, okay, do we want them? Do we want this family? Okay. If so, we have to include every member of it. But, you know, if that's not important enough to them, then you know, you have to let them make their choice and it might be hurtful. It might be painful, but you know, it is what it is and you know where they stand and it might hurt in the here and now, but in the long run, it's going to be so helpful to have those boundaries set up in place. So you're not continually disappointed and heartbroken. And again, that starts with just communicating and communicating the why and kind of what you would like to do. Um, don't look for them to be the problem solvers. You be the problem solver. You know, you're the one that proposes the idea of like, this is what I want it to be like. This is what I want it to look like. This is what I want it to do. Um, And you can kind of explain, you know, my child's memory, they're still my child. They're still part of my family. I want them included. And, you know, if you truly love me, if you truly want to support me, if you truly love my child, then you're going to be happy to have them included, right? People that don't want them included, that's a them issue. And it really shows that they don't care very much about you and they don't care very much about your child. And as hard as that is to hear, you know, we need to have the truth. And so that's something to not set yourself up for disappointment on the day of, you know, have these conversations, make these plans ahead of time so that, you know, these conversations can take place and then you're not disappointed the day of, you know, the disappointment comes beforehand, but then you're helping to protect those family celebrations, traditions, holidays, and it gives you the opportunity to decide how you're going to proceed. And obviously there's not one right or wrong answer. It's you, your situation and whatever, you know, works for you. But I do think it is really important to keep their memory alive. And I just hear so many people being like, how can I do that? Is it okay to do that? You know, is it rude to expect other family members to keep my child's memory alive and, you know, support us in that? And so again, just coming to terms with what's okay with you. Mimi, you're fine with just some family portraits together where you include your child's things um, and not including them in group photos or, you know, maybe you want them in all the pictures and or some of the pictures, others, it's okay if they're not in, you know, only you knows what's best for you and can make these decisions. So that's just something to keep in mind and to begin talking about so that you have a game plan. And then I think it's important, and we kind of hit on this, to tell family and friends, (coughs) excuse me, how they can continue to offer support. And instead of, again, expecting them to just know, give them practical tips. You know, sometimes they think like that we're always going to be sad and everything's going to be like a cry fest. And it's okay to be like, you know what? It's okay. We are very sad. We have emotions. But with that, we also have moments where we may smile or we may be happy or we may enjoy ourselves, you know, even more recently after our child's passing. And that's okay. And it's honestly part of the grieving process. It's part of the healing process. And it's natural. I think we all at some point or another, you know, find ourselves smiling or laughing or enjoying ourselves genuinely. And then all of a sudden it's like, we catch ourselves. It's like, oh my goodness, I just smiled. I just laughed. I was just actually happy. Oh no, I can't do that. Like, 
my child died. I'm supposed to be sad. Maybe I'm dishonoring them or I'm being a bad parent. I'm being a bad mom. You know, no, absolutely not. And we've talked about this before is like our children want us to be happy. They don't want to have ruined our lives. So it's okay to have those emotions of happiness and of joy. It doesn't mean the sadness and grief has left, right? It's still there. But as we get further into this journey, you know, hopefully we get to have more of those experiences more of those smiles, more of those laughs and get to experience more joy. And so again, you know, sometimes family members think it's everything's going to be tears and then they're surprised when they don't see the tears or they're like, oh, they're smiling and they're laughing. Okay. They're, they're actually all better. They're doing really, really well. So sometimes it's kind of just good to, you know, send an email or write a letter or just in conversation, you know, kind of just be able to explain that. So it, so that they understand that, um, if that's something that seems to throw them off. You know, some people are really good with this and just a lot better handling grieving people and other people aren't and, you know, put all these like rules and restrictions on it. So depending on your situation, that can just be a good thing to talk about is that this is a milestone that's really, really hard to get through. Um, but oftentimes when we're grieving, we want to be around the people that we love and be supported and maybe have some resemblance of normal structure. Um, you know, other times maybe it's just like, no, it's all too hard. There's just way too many triggers. I can't do it. Um, either way is okay. But, you know, we're human. We want to experience joy again. We don't want to be sad for forever. You know, that's an overwhelming, daunting thought. You know, we need to to experience joy and, and that's okay. And that might come during the holidays, you know, it might not. Um, but just preparing ourselves that, you know, either one is okay and making sure that your family is supportive of that, regardless of what emotion comes to the holiday, you know, celebrations and festivities. It's also really important for family and friends to know it's not about them. Um, so again, maybe on a family group chat, maybe in a letter, an email, a text, a phone call, just being like, you know, when we're all together, I just don't want everybody relating to my child's death, telling me about a personal loss experience they've suffered or somebody they know has suffered because, you know, it makes the bereaved parent feel like, oh, okay, yeah, like what's happened to us is normal. You know, everybody understands. And that's just not the case. Unless someone's really been in your shoes or your experience or a similar experience, they have no clue what they're talking about. So trying to relate, you know, as often just comes off as hurtful and kind of offensive and just falls really flat. But to also not put the bereaved in a way where now they're trying to comfort other people and handle everybody else's grief and support everybody else's grief when they're drowning in their own. So, you know, just really saying, you know, it's not about everybody else. Don't make it about you. Don't make it about your feelings, your grief, your personal experiences or your friends' experiences that you've heard about. Like, you know, let us be us. It's about us right now. It's not about you. You, you know, I think it's important for family to give their condolences to see how sorry they are to offer to help. But, don't go on then to share about someone they know, whether it be a friend or a family member or whoever that lived this long, full life and then eventually died because it's such a different situation than when your child dies. You know, dying as, as an elderly person versus dying as a child are just so night and day different. And us as bereaved parents would give anything in the world for our child to have gotten to live a long, full life. Even if the life is shorter than, you know, some would say is a long life, you know, 
they still, we still would have loved them to get to experience more life. So again, trying to like relate on all of that can just get really awkward and uncomfortable. And so that could be something that if you know certain family members are really, um, have a tendency to kind of gravitate to this type of thing to just say, you know, Hey, you know, that's not really helpful. And it just kind of makes everything uncomfortable and awkward. And it really like dismisses my grief here in the now, you know, I've learned that you have to communicate with people. You have to kind of tell them this is good. This isn't good. This hurts. This is helpful. And then that allows them to kind of proceed with that guideline. Because again, if they haven't had our experiences, they don't really know what's helpful and what's not. And when they're trying to be helpful, they can actually just cause more pain and more hurt. So with part of having that like game plan as we prepare for the holidays can be like prepping our family with, you know, these are things that we appreciate. These are things that, you know, we don't appreciate because they're just unhelpful. And you don't have to go into all this explanation of why, you know, you can give it, make it really brief. Um, but it just kind of helps direct them so they know how to best support you. And it's also important for family and friends to realize there's not a fix this holiday season. They can't like just make you better so that you have a good Christmas or you have a good Christmas season. You know, there's not a gift under the tree that's going to make everything better. And, you know, sometimes even the idea of gifts can be so infuriating when people are like, oh, what do you want for Christmas? Because it's like, well, all I want for anything is my baby. Like I don't want any material thing because it's just so meaningless. And when it's, you know, put juxtaposition to our child, it's just so insulting and hurtful. And it's almost just like the commercialism of Christmas just can be so upsetting and infuriating because it's all these, you know, I want, 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 and all these gifts. And it's just so superficial compared to like the love that we have for our children and life and all these things that people just take for granted while they're so consumed with material things, whereas it's like, we know where the priority is and what's truly important in life. And those are things, you know, you can't just wrap under a tree and make somebody have a good day, right? There's not magic words that's going to fix anything or make somebody feel better. And oftentimes when people try to go to that route is when dumb, hurtful, insensitive things are said, that just makes us feel worse. And, you know, I think too, for ourselves to be honest that like you know sometimes then when these triggers get hit it's just like we get overcome with our emotions you know it's like you break you put a hole in that bridge and all of a sudden slowly it starts to crumble and then all of a sudden it just you know the dam breaks and all the water comes rushing and you know that can be uncomfortable for us it can be hard for us it's obviously very emotionally draining for us so to kind of protect that you know it's good to kind of just communicate these things with those that are going to be around you um, so that you're setting them up to succeed and you're setting them up, them up to help better support you and just having that communication. And then in the long run, it's also helping you not have your feelings hurt and not be unintentionally hurt. We all know it's going to happen, but hopefully it lessens that. And, you know, the big last thing is to just trust yourself. You know, it's, you're going to have difficult days. You're going to have hard days and to know that that's okay. And to just work through those, but just because one day in the holiday season was really hard and overwhelming, it doesn't mean that tomorrow has to be, or just because part of the day was rough. Doesn't mean the whole day has to be rough. Right. And so claiming good parts of your day, good days, but then also accepting the hard parts, um, and the difficult days and, and that that's okay. And just kind of recognizing this is a whole balancing act and these things all walk hand in hand. And maybe, you know, you had agreed to something that you thought would be really good for you and it just comes and it's like, no, I just absolutely can't do it. And so you just have to cancel or maybe you go and then you leave early because 
you know, it could have been a good experience, but just you're drained, you're emotionally done. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm done. You know, I got out, I pushed myself, I did it. Um, you know, and maybe it'll make you feel a lot better. And that's kind of where you have to be the judge. You know, what things are you going to push yourself to do that in the long run might actually be good for your mental health, good for your soul, helpful. And then we know what things it's just, you know, too much, not a good day. You're just not in the mental headspace. And, you know, you obviously know yourself best. I know that these decisions can be hard, but um, just giving yourself that grace to just kind of trust your gut um, and to trust what it is you can or can't do this season. And to allow yourself to have all the feelings you're going to have, because as we've talked about, it's complex. You're going to have, and emotions are complex and feelings are complex and the situation you're in is complex. So you're going to have so many mixed emotions and feelings and just a complexity of thoughts and ideas. And to just recognize that and to be like, you know what, it's okay. This is just a very tumultuous time emotionally and mentally because of the ideas, the expectations, the traditions, the memories with everything involved with the holidays from the traditions from to the smells, to the songs, to, you know, the way the outside surrounding area looks, you know, all of it. And there's just so much memories and emotion caught up into that in and of itself. And then add on top of it, loss and grief to the level that we've experienced and kind of what we had viewed this holiday season to look like. And now it's so different, you know, you're literally asking for a tsunami of emotions. And so you're just going to have to give yourself that grace. And because of that too, that's why it's so important to prep those around you of, Hey, this is how you can support me and help me and to guide them so that even though it may be common knowledge to us, we are helping ourselves succeed by helping those that care about us succeed, you know, so that they can be a team and support us because those that truly love you, you know, they want to be a help and want to be a support. And so they should be, you know, eager to take the advice and direction whenever you give it. And that is, you know, a wonderful, beautiful thing and something that is going to hopefully help the season go better as well as just you having that grace towards yourself and all of your expectations and ideas. So anyways, I just, I'm praying for you. I know this is a really, really hard month. <coughs> Excuse me, but um, you're in my heart. You're in my prayers. I think about you all the time. And I just pray that you give yourself grace and peace, that you find a good supportive community and that, you know, you're able to make it through. You know, you got a month left till it's the new year. So we can do this. We can get through this together and it's going to be okay. I know it's a long, hard road, but you guys are the strongest, bravest, most amazing women that there are. And I'm so proud of you. And I wish you a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day.